we are back. Welcome to another week of Behind the Lens. And it's October already. Hard to believe. This is, I've been promising, I've been teasing, I've been taunting you for weeks about this week's show. We have here in studio today, the incredible, the wonderful, Lisa Ann Walter is here. Woo! I'm wooing myself. Well, as well, you should. Thank you. And, of, and of course, the uber-talented Joe Burke. Very nice. Thank but you. Hyphen it. The, hy- the uber-talented hy- hyphen it, Joe Burke. He writes, he directs, he edits, he can do his own cinematography, and he produces. But he is here today as one of the, as the star of Dependence Day. He is the big-time star. He is. And, of course, as all of our regular Thank listeners you. know, you've heard... Michael David Lynch has already been on, on the show twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't hold him back. You can't hold him back. Michael's been on twice. Hang on, I have to uh, use my cough button. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a cough button? That was it. <laughs> that was it. That, that's the cough If you button. want a cough, just let me know. I'll turn your mic off. Right, let's, not, let's not even do that. We're an intimate group. That's it. The behind the lens audience is we're we're a tight group of people. We're gonna cough together. And, we are. And of course, let's all clear our throats, people. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a rump out of that guy. <laughs> and of course, you know it's so funny you say that because so many of our behind the lens listeners are industry people, be people behind the lens and below the line. Sure, I love that. So for all of yeah. you directors out there, casting people. Joe, Lisa, they're here. Hey, Listen, live in the studio, baby. <laughs> Work. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's actually a good call. And generally, you know, if you, are, I will show up for a good craft service. Just know that I have standards. But if you're offering decent craft service, that's really all I require. <laughs> Which that explains why you did coffee date. Ten years ago. I don't even remember if I, like, used their craft service table. I think I was in and out so quickly that I never got to see what was on. Plus, I was momorexic at the time. Uh, That was post-divorce. I really wasn't eating. But there was coffee. There was probably coffee, (laughs) which I'm a fan. (laughs) I like a good cup of Joe. Hey, Joe. Hi, speaking of Joe. Here I am. And... So that, you know, and just so everybody knows, Michael David Lynch will be joining us shortly to join in the frivolity. Excellent. Is yeah. he calling in? He's calling in. That's oh, great. Good. I'll, I'll get to take a break. Calling in from Hawaii? Hawaii. Wow. Hasn't he left yet? I don't know. I don't you know what? So. This is a good thing if you've got some below the line people that listen in. So Michael David Lynch is uh, extraordinarily um, talented in terms of he wrote the movie or co-wrote the movie, right? Mm-hmm. It was At, a great collaboration. He wrote it. He directed it. He produced it. He, and he pro- shot cinematography. He edited. edited. He did everything. He's He's it's machine. his baby. Yeah. It's, it's his, his baby. absolute baby. And almost a one-man PR squad. Yeah. Like I can't – Joe just said to me because we, we went to the South Dakota Film Festival, which was lovely – Got to hang out with Stephen Tobolowsky and those of you who know oh. the world of acting. I mean, there is not a role this man hasn't played. If if I have to explain it, Ned Ryerson, Needle Nose Ned, Ned the Head <laughs> from Groundhog Day. Yeah, he's great. You know, he's so funny. Got the shingles real bad, senior year. <laughs> I dated your sister till you told me not to. Like, you can't you stop can't. saying these things no. to him. So it was a really fun um, festival, but Joe said, so what did you do? And I said, the people were great and, you know, we were really smart and savvy and very welcoming. The whole town was into it. And he goes, well, but like, what did you do during the day? And I said, I was at a film festival with Michael. What do you think we did? And he went, 
promote the film nonstop 24 hours a day. I'm like, yes, that's what you do. You walk around and you talk about yep. Dependence and Day. And it's great. And, you know, and it's because of that hard work that Mike's put in and everyone is, it's, right. it's what got us here to this point where we got the movie opening limited yep. to release this weekend, then VOD in two weeks, and it's very exciting. So, yeah, yeah, so the, the what He's I was pushing gonna, that train. Yeah, so the people he is, that's the logo that's, for his company. his company. We push trains. We push trains because anybody that is works in this business, whether you're working on a TV show or you aspire to do more, um, you're, you're, you're a shooter like Michael does to, mm-hmm. for his day job, yep. but you want to write and direct, you know that nobody's going to do it for you. You got to, right. you got to yep. make the story happen. You got to get it on there. And luckily we live in a world where this can do that. Yep. You know, where yeah. it wasn't like this before, but there is no reason not to create. And the new Dependence Day clothing line that Lisa and I are oh. uh, sporting oh, today. Yeah, so, yes, when you see the video later, people, you will you will see this lovely clothing line. And can this clothing line, can it be purchased yes. online by the average consumer? It can. Mike wants everyone to know that uh, a Dependence Day shirt is waiting for them at DependenceDay.com. You can get, get shirts. They have uh, lady shirts, men's shirts, t-shirts, uh, Well, let, I, I just white. want to describe the shirts real Please. quickly because people are going to say, and then hopefully you'll see the video yeah but it is an an amazing piece of artwork it's, that they did for the post tell me the name of the guy who designed it tim. yeah buddy tim. tim uh he designed he, he hand painted uh it's almost a, a throwback to like those 70s movies like a drew strausen is anyone saying that right drew strausen who did like the star wars posters police yeah. academy it's a very cool painted uh digitally painted poster that he designed and both these shirts and uh and it features a shot of me where i honest to god look like i'm on a pinball machine Yes, you do, it's actually. It, there is so much boobs happening there. Or, or like Angeline perched on top of a poster Thank on a car. It's a red-headed Angeline. Look, with that black shirt you okay. today, you're kind of like in the black that's shirt. Why the that's why I'm featuring. That's why she's well, featuring. Well, I want to claim a little bit of the success of the, how this shirt looks because when the original <laughs> silk screener sent the first tank tops, they were men's tank tops. I took one look at it and went... Michael, the armholes are cut down to like my waist and they're really wide. It won't be tight on me. And the thing is down on my stomach. And believe me, underneath where my boobs are, it's just going to crinkle up. Nobody's going to see it. So we had to remake them into a girl's stretchy racer bag. It looks great now. Thank you. There it is. I, was gonna, I helped I w- it, right? Yes. Thanks. I, I was going to say, the fit is is fabulous. <laughs> I does. can't wait for people to see the video now. Yeah. yeah it fits great. But, and everyone can get one if they want. And so on, And I have to say, and I'm so glad you pointed that out to them, Lisa, because so often with the merchandising that comes out for a lot of films and all, they don't think about that. People wear – like guys will wear a T-shirt if it's something that they think is cool or whatever. And in this – case the artwork really is yeah. awesome yeah it's really great so uh and and if you like kind of the message of the movie which i'm sure we'll get to we're gonna get to momentarily yes. but if you get behind the idea of the female being the breadwinner and the guy and they just want to make their relationship work and you want to rock this the idea of it and put it on your chest yeah great but if you're a girl i don't care how much you like the movie you're not doing it unless it also looks cute it's got it has to fit right right it has to fit right yeah you know, and they're comfy. They are comfy, and the material's nice. And it's not like a stickery thing. That's like you know, hard. It's like this is like. Oh my gosh, nice you're shirt. so right. I forgot about that. Oh my gosh, I've got t-shirts it where it's like on it, and then you'll, you'll never wear those t-shirts. But no. even you wear because this is actually comfy. Oh. So yeah, go, and it's funny you mention that because I have an Expendables three t-shirt that they get, gave us for promotion for the right. jacket, and it has the stickery EX3 on the front. And it's like you move, and I like to wear it when I sleep because it just doesn't fit right because here it is, it's a guy's sleeveless T-shirt. But it just, it doesn't, 
the stickery part doesn't even bend. Oh, so okay. <laughs> Question: Because yes. this is solid. Because yes. we've just spent literally the last four minutes of the limited time we have with you. Yes. Pimping merch. Okay, I know. so let's. I mean, we didn't mean to, but we kind of did. Well, I gonna, last get... night I was thinking, I, I want to bring Debbie a shirt. I, was, was last, last, I talked to Mike, he's out of town, but we should get you, we have to get you a shirt. I'm just going to take this one off right no, now and I'm... hand it to her. <laughs> we have to get you a shirt. Hey, that's good I video. No, that's no. clickbait. No, I know no. how this. Are oh, you taking the shirt off right now? With... Yeah. Now you're in your no, bra you're on camera. Now she's just sitting here in her bra. No, no, I have no bra. I'm just sitting here topless. Now the bra's Dude, know how this works. All right. I was slow playing it. I was kind of building up the anticipation. This is why I love working with this man. And 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 the chemistry that you guys have sitting here, and I've seen it on all the pictures and all the promotion that Michael has been doing, you know, pimping the film for months and and months, the chemistry amongst the the cast is so good. And we're going to get into all of that in a minute, but... Let me finish the rest of the housekeeping to let people know that, yes, the godfather and guru of the Phantasm franchise, Don Coscarelli, will also be calling in Woo! at, at 1130 That's today. That's exciting. It's very exciting. And I'm, I have to say, I just uh, I adore Don. Do you have any Phantasm t-shirts? I have no Phantasm merchandise. Even worse than that. What? I worked on Beastmaster with Don back, what? back in the 80s. And got nothing? I got nothing. It That's was, a... Jip. Uh, hey, the paychecks cleared the bank. That's all you need. But this How was is craft be my... service, though, is the real question. <laughs> this was going to be my question for you. Of all the movies that you worked on and you know, what is your one or two pieces of, of you know, crew gift that you kept? What are the ones that you actually wear? I got no crew gifts in the years that I was doing film and TV production. I mean, I produce now, but I'm too cheap to do merchandising for the people in the films that I work on. Um, I just did a horror movie and got an ice cream scooper because it was called the ice cream truck, and I use that. But I mean, a I parent have, trap backpack. I use that. I have tons of stuff that I've gotten back from the days of video, mm-hmm. and then swag. You know, they cut down on swag for the press a few years ago after the after the yeah. IRS clamped yeah, it's down like on things, kind of stuff. But I got to tell you, I've got some great backpacks. That backpacks. I, backpacks are great. Hats. Do you do the hats? I don't wear hats. I would get the hats and give them to my nephews. So I don't. Or my use, dad. When he these was are the hats that I've kept, and then I want to hear yours. Okay. War of the Worlds because it says wow, and because it was such a quick production, but there's hardly anything that exists from it. Right. So I kept the War of the Worlds one, the Parent Trap one. Obviously. I kept that one, and I kept a, a, a little movie that I did called Farm Sluts, which is not what it seems because if you put Lisa Ann, who's also a porn star, and Farm Sluts mm. together, you, it's dangerous. But I kept it for one reason That's and one a reason only. Gone wrong. Yes. Yeah, it's it, it was a very <laughs> funny story. It was Chris Parnell who does this crazy oh thing in his garage and gets caught with an animal so that funny. they think he's having his way with, and it's not. But it makes it around the office, and it's it's a very funny sort of mistaken identity, and his life just gets worse and worse. Huh. And my hat says farm slots, and I keep it so that in case my kids act up because I have fifteen year old twin boys, I'm going to pick them up at school wearing that hat. That's yeah. just a threat. And that that'll be the last time they act up. That's just my underlying threat. Hey, Brian, did you connect somebody here with us? Aha. We, ha- we, have, we have the infamous writer, director, producer, cinematographer, train and pusher. editor, train pusher himself, Michael David Lynch. Woo! Hey, guys. From Maui. From Matt. You your, your life is so, what's, so what, what, How do you say hi in Hawaii? I just went to Hawaii. Mahalo. Yeah, ma- mahalo. 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 Shaka. Yeah. Are you Mahalo. awake? It's it's much earlier there. 
It is. It's uh, eight twelve a.m. So you'll be you'll be very very proud of Joe and Lisa. They're wearing Dependence Day shirts, pimping the awesome. heck out of them. Yeah, loving you up I too. Love loving it. you up. So now, They're great. I love them. Now that all three of you are here on the line, so let's talk. Let's talk about Dependence Day. Yay. This charming, Please. heartwarming, fun-filled film that. Of course, my number one reason to see the film originally was because Lisa was in the film. Mm-hmm. Aw, that's so nice of you to say. Then my number two reason was because Joe was in the film. Thank you. That- well, you might, listen, you might have heard of me first, but I will say, with, and I am not, uh, I, I'm not that modest a person, Joe rocks this movie. Absolutely. I, I am such a tiny little piece of it. Joe, every single frame. And I've told him this over the many it times. Carries the it. movie. He's, yeah. I find something new about Joe's performance that I love every time I watch it. And oh. I've seen it quite a bit. Yeah. Thank he's, you. He's really true in it. It's, so, it's a nice piece of work. So, Michael, Thank you very much, Michael, tell everybody again, for those that weren't listening back in March when you were here the first time talking about Dependence Day, tell everybody again what... The, what the film is about, what leads to this endearing, comedic, poor, hapless Cam, <laughs> who you can't help but root for. Cam but, is Joe, by the way. Cam is <laughs> it Joe. Might, it sounds like a girl's name sometimes, but it's yeah, not. It's not. Cam. Cam, sure. My character. Yeah, no, Joe Burke. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a heartfelt, uh, hilarious, authentic relationship comedy by the ventures of being in love and making it work. And, um, you know, at, at the core, it's, it's about... This guy Cam, who realizes he's not the breadwinner in the relationship, uh, and and he realizes he's not where he thought he was in life, and it's about the movie. You kind of see him trying to reclaim where he thinks he should be, where he thinks he should be like the man in the relationship, and the movie constantly kind of, you know, has a gender swap. Where you know, in this movie, you know, Alice is the breadwinner, and not only that, but like you know, Lisa plays a boss character, and we have women throughout the film that are, are very strong. So it, it's also making a commentary on what we see happening in society where we got a lot of awesome kick-ass uh, women who are in charge but haven't really been, you know, recognized in society. So, But the film is, you know, that, that's that. But it's funny. It's a really funny film that addresses it in funny ways that people can relate to. And that's what I think has been so heartwarming yeah. about it. Is at the end of the day, I'm also a guy who believes in love. I've been with my wife for, it'll be, <laughs> actually, October 7th, the day that we have our theatrical release. It's 14 and a half years of my life. It's both, in, it's both inspiring their relationship and annoying because they <laughs> continue to be so deeply in love that the rest of us are just like, really? Is that? Okay. Right. Well, we'll all try, but we're not going to get there. <laughs> oh, God. Michael and Chrissy have a, the match made in heaven. So let me ask you, let me ask you, Michael, with Joe and Lisa sitting here, what... Who what? do you like better? Yeah. No, no, not. No, I'm not going to take ask. your time on this one, Mike. <laughs> what? I'll tell you this though. I had so much fun uh, letting those two play. Like the, the scenes with them, like the original scenes. Like I've actually been thinking about, you know, when I get home, I, trying to rush them, you know, deleted scenes to possibly throw <gasps> up or not. Oh God, so let's do that. Be a lot of. I want to see it because I never be got a to. Lot s- of Lisa. You got to see yeah, it. definitely, Joe, definitely to promote the VOD in a couple of weeks. Really show some behind oh. the scenes stuff would be really oh. fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the shoes are here in the studio, by the, the way. We have the shoes here. on display. The well, wait, we haven't brought that up yet. Oh, we, sorry, we, haven't, we haven't brought the shoes up yet. Sorry. But what led you to these two yeah. brilliant people? Don't. What led you to cast them? Well, jo- Joe Burke got brought to me from our mutual friend, Josh Damon. And ironically, Joe and I... Who plays oh, Josh, Josh in the movie. plays Josh in the movie. 
Um, but Joe and I also, like, he, he uh, was, uh, we met on a film called The Scene with Sarah that I produced that uh, he, we had an, an original editor on who we had to replace because that guy no longer had the vision, and Joe came on, and then we kind of reshot half that movie, and, and he basically then turned into the full editor on that movie. So at first I saw him as that, and uh, I, I originally had Benita cast already, and it was going to be a short, and I, I had two other actors kind of rotate through, and one actor, you know, uh, long story short, said he couldn't be known as what the short film's title was. Um, and Which uh, is? I called Josh and said, huh? Are you Did allowed to say what the name of the short film is? Yeah. It was called Anal Babysitter. The oh, short film was, go- yes. was called Anal Babysitter. Which is not what the movie is about, people. Yes, don't panic. It's not, yeah. It's, don't it's panic. not about that. But there is some yeah. of it in there for those who are excited to hear that. Yeah, for those of you who would only see the movie <laughs> for that. There's a really couple funny scenes yeah, re- 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 revolving around Anal Babysitter, but yes. You know, and I, I want to yeah. know how, how Joe even made it through that sequence of the film with a straight face. He's very committed as an actor. It's fun. I've I, seen so much fun making this thing. I mean, it was like, yeah, like I said, like we started with a short film idea that it kind of spawned into a web series idea sort of at one point, And then at one point, and then, and then like, you know, I don't know, a month and a half later, we're on set shooting a feature with Lisa and everyone. So um, it, it was it was fast. It was fun. Uh, Mike, you know, created this environment where we got to play and like really explain. That's why like Lisa and I had such, such a fun time together because we have these shoes. Well, can we talk about the shoes? Talk about, talk I'm, about I'm the shoes. I'm talk about the shoes. The shoes need to come out now, apparently. The, the shoes have to come out, you know. Everything. The shoes, the shoes became a huge character in our scene that just scared my character. And uh, The shoes are... Oh, there they are. They're, 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 they're on the poster, too. They're, they're, they're on the poster. They, they actually became a co-star in the movie. Their high heel shoes with spiky spikes on the front. They're like a medieval, I say like a medieval And a, and a Louboutin red bottom. Yeah. But what's, what's interesting about these is that truthfully, when I would wear them in life, because this was a very big thing about a year, whenever we shot the movie, mm-hmm. these were very popular. When I would cross the street in Beverly Hills, if it was a gay man in a car and they saw him, they'd go, oh, girl. Your shoes are fabulous. <laughs> if it was a straight man, he would take one look at him and kind of involuntarily cross his legs. <laughs> he was very scared of them. And so I started to notice it, that straight men hated the shoes, but gay men loved them. So as part of the scene, I said, hey, can I wear these shoes? Because she's such an overbearing B word. And he was like, absolutely, you can wear them. And then as part of the improv... So you just brought those shoes in? Like, I'm just going to bring some shoes to the set, and these are the shoes I brought. I think the character would wear these shoes. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. And then I I brought it up to your character to see what your reaction would be. Now, that part isn't in the actual film, right? The the, the conversation about do they scare you got cut. It was in the first cut. Yes. Yeah, it's it's funny. But just looking at your face, I mean, and Michael did a great job capturing this. The shoes got near Joe's area. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, and then the look yeah, on, I, on I, Joe's I, I, face. I was, I was pushing Lisa. Come on, go deeper. You know? I he absolutely <laughs> did, and I am telling you, <clears throat> there have been a few moments in my life as an actress that I felt like, no, 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 that's just wrong. I shouldn't be doing that. This was one of them. She had her toe but in like, and around But, like, but I can threshold. see you're not doing it. You got to get in there. We need experience. He that. literally was like, "You got to get in there." I was like. Are you? No, I just met this guy, and uh, it. But wound but, up but being... also like in the movie, like in real life, like uh, you know, in the scene, I, I don't know her that well either. So she just it's, it's, it's sort of a life imitates our, our imitates life sort of situation, which was great. And what's so great about the way that that Michael shot it, the way you guys perform it, is you're watching it and it is hilarious and, and you're cringy, laughing a little cringy at the same time. 
Because you're like thinking, oh my God, oh my God, he's going to die. One of those spikes is just going to go. Yeah. <laughs> then I take the shoe yeah. off and it's even deeper. But, <laughs> but I mean, you know what's literally. so funny about this? Literally. He actually said something. I won't go into it. Joe explained <laughs> to me what it moves meant. It's moving. I didn't know. No spoiler alerts, but I, my character uh, is, uh, you know, when he's got a uh, hot woman's toe in his tushel, uh, oh, you, 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 might have, you might have an animalistic reaction to that sort yeah, of thing. Perfectly. And, uh, it's friction. Men men work by friction. I mean, yeah. Movie, <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. it's all science. The movie even makes fun of... You can't shut it down. Fun of that in the film where you know people, men keep doing things that are you know not necessarily trouble. in their best interest, but it's nature versus. But you know what I was going to say is that even though the film has these broader, I call them boffo comedy bits, mm-hmm. it's not. There are many movies that I think people, um, young people in particular, will put together, and the idea is fairly flimsy, yeah. and so the stringing together of disparate scenes. It's not. It's not compelling because it's just. Oh, what if these guys at band camp just all of a sudden got greased up with oil and then slid headfirst into the girl's shower? Okay, that was probably. I just wrote an anchor scene for a comedy coming up. Obviously, but the, but the truth is that this movie is relatable and so many people are coming to it and enjoying it because the world that we're living in, where the the sexual politics of yep. what money uh, this sounds like a big sentence for this year's election but it's not <laughs> of how the genders are sort of yeah. in a very new place where cuz so. money equals power yeah. and so being able to navigate through the new world where the women make more and then what if the guy stays home and raises the kids and mm-hmm. what if he doesn't make hardly anything but Nat- uh, uh, society is telling him he should be the provider and then people start to fall out of love because there are all these money fights all of that stuff but in a really funny movie yeah. and so people are responding to it absolutely yeah. you, you know what's really so special about this movie and i always i talk to mike about this all the time it, it really has that sort of like 80s comedy feel it's like got mm-hmm. all this texture like that john hughes era where it's just like oh, it's yeah. hilarious but it's heartfelt you can actually literally maybe cry and get so heartfelt in I this cr- movie i cry three times in this movie it's a beautiful film and, 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 and but it's also so funny and it's it's hitting on love and you know like mike says like he's a big believer yeah. in love i'm i'm in a different uh stage in my life with with the whole love stuff yeah. but joe you know, was trying to convince me to rewrite the movie where that you know like some other that well i guess when i get away but he was like I don't know if I believe in this. Like, this I didn't know. Well, I, I, I don't want to spoil too much stuff, but I, yeah. I, I had questions about like, well, in my life, I wouldn't relate to this. And he's like, well, I've been in love for, you know, 15 years. This is, and I'm like, I get it now. Like, yeah. and, and, and it shows in the movie and the movie's so And I special. believe in love, even though all ex- of my life experiences point otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I believe in I love. I guess I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I believe in love. Yeah. It's, it's not love. It's just sometimes happy endings or like depressing endings. I can, go, I can go different ways. Well, and something else, Happy endings something, is a whole different thing. Well, that's a different very movie. Very much so. But, yeah. Well, happy ending is still a happy ending, I guess. But, you know, one of the great things that you do with so you the film home. also is we also, get a, we also get you open up the idea of what family is and what it means to be a family. And yeah. you delineate between... Budinsky people knowing your own self and listening to outside sources. Debbie, I make that point all the time talking about this movie is that, you know, you can be thoroughly happy in a relationship until everybody in your life explains Mm -hmm. to you why you shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I said this one time at one of the festivals, I said, do you ever have that girlfriend that's just all up in your business talking about like, I don't get it. Why, you know, you shouldn't put up with that. And all of a sudden the happy relationship with you had is falling apart. Yeah. Because, it feels to me like people want to tear down 
something they don't have or yep. don't understand. But the other thing, when you were saying the idea of family, is that what I, I, I liked about this movie, and I didn't know what he was doing with it until I saw it, because I had my scenes, but I wasn't there for the other stuff, mm-hmm. is that Michael, besides putting women in power positions throughout the film, which as a, as a woman reading scripts, you might see one. But for a long time, before this slew of funny actors, there was funny comedy, nothing. nothing. I I wrote a whole piece about it that I sent to Mary McNamara at the L.A. Times, where have all the funny women gone? And we went from our generation of whoopies and bets and goldies Mm -hmm. to nothing. And now we're seeing it again. But uh, very often, especially in comedy, well, not especially in comedies, but you would have the female, then the female ear. Mm -hmm. There might be a bossy bitch boss but they were caricatures they weren't fleshed out right. in this movie he had women in positions of power mm-hmm. all the way throughout and there were also two gay dads have raising a son and it wasn't he didn't make a big point out of it no. it wasn't like we're not judging a story point no right there wasn't a reason for that they were just happened to That's be it's a very modern film yes this is it's just very life. modern about it's... the relationships modern the people he interacts with the way lifestyles are lived it's a very modern accepting world mm-hmm. that uh really takes us to the next level it's it's really the, the comedy comes out of such a pure uh sincerity it's, it's beautiful it's just a sl- it's a slice and of truth. life and truth and truth it's just a slice, slice of yeah. life yeah yeah now, as life as a filmmaker, I mean, that's the stories I want to tell. You know, I was inspired by Groundhog Day. I was inspired by As Good As It Gets. I wanted to tell movies that weren't just funny but had so many layers because of Slice of Life, because of stuff that you could feel real or life experiences that we've had, you know, and moments that we can relate to. And, and that, that's why I think, like, why when people watch the movie of all the ages when we've been all over festivals and winning the different awards and whoever it's been, you know, people are like, wow, it feels real, and I'm inspired by it. I had a woman in South Dakota, and she's moving to Minneapolis, and she felt really inspired by the realist versus the dreamer speech. And that she gave her the hope. Yeah. And we were in Bahamas. We had a guy who said he felt inspired. So I feel that's something I, I hope to do, I think, with all my work, is to, to make work that inspires people to, to bring the best out of them, to have hope and love, to believe they can make change with their career or their lives. And they're both you men know, and women. There are both men and women men. that have taught in the discussions after the film that talk about the um the the flip on the power you know mm-hmm. in terms of how the relationship is portrayed and how that mirrors their relationship and they feel like they it's never represented on screen or if it is it's like the guy's like a doofy loser and then he's gonna you know played by whoever well and i think well it's, it's, who's the guy what doofy loser guy who's the doofy loser guy there's seth rogan seth oh. yeah let's just call him seth rogan or, or even zach galifianakis yeah any of those yeah guys. any of those guys doofy can do loser that. and then the whole point is he better flip it and become something if he's going to win the yeah. heart of the fair maiden mm-hmm. and this is not that mm-hmm. no and that's one of the great things about joe's character of cam is that there's a haplessness yeah not not we- not even you know goofy loser but a haplessness because <laughs> he has that dream yeah he has some direction yeah and, you know, not, I'd say probably at least seven, eight times out of ten. It's not because somebody's a loser. It's because they have a dream, but they don't voice it. Cam voices it. You know where Cam is coming from. And you he's feel, smart. You and feel he's self-aware. And there's also a lot of, and this is a big word in my life these days, uh, is the word balance. And there's a lot of uh, uh, striving for balance in Cam's life of, you know, not, not necessarily dis- you know, disregarding the fact that you have dreams and passions of wanting to do something more with your life, but also going after, you know, you know the, the family stuff, the love stuff, yeah. the relationship stuff. I mean, that's something that I personally, in my own life, think about every day if I, you know, cause I am a guy who's pursuing a career in, the sh- in show business, but also like, you know, I, I don't want to just ignore life and ignore family and, and you just get sucked into this little void of Hollywood. Like there is a balance 
uh, mm-hmm. in life that you have to experience in anything you do. And I think this movie kind of taps into that balance, which is really So fun. are you saying that you're single, Joe? Uh, I am single. Uh, you Ladies, can find me Joe's on single. J-Swipe. <laughs> I'll be on J-Swipe all morning. Yeah, we we promote everything here. You know, I I'm just I think that ladies should get in on this action on the ground floor because he's going to be really famous really soon, and then you oh. won't be able to. You know, and then not, he'll be dating like supermodels. He'll be annoying, and we'll hate him. And he'll forget all of us. They're yeah. going to be very smart supermodels, though. Ah, uh, uh, good luck with that. Really? Honestly, supermodel I, I, brains over brains over anything else for me. I okay, just all right. Se- sexual. I'll say that was back to the brain. <laughs> sure. That's why you asked me a question earlier about how I cast Lisa. Yes. Is uh, Shannon say it was a good friend of ours had recommended, and, I, and then I immediately started scorching the internet to see anything I could see on Lisa, and I saw that she was an awesome, strong, powerful woman. And one thing that I had fun doing, like they Joe said, was I didn't let Lisa rehearse with the actors. Mm. When I saw, like, when I, I, she rehearsed one time, and, and it was, like, one almost one read-through. And when I saw how much gold she had and how much power she had, I was like, okay, I don't need to – I don't want these, you know, Joe and Vinny. We didn't want to bust our load too soon, as you are trying to yeah. say. Yeah, I, and so I had fun and sending Lisa away to hair and makeup, and then I, I rehearsed with them so they didn't get to get any of the energy and then let – Lisa explode, you know. Yeah, yeah, we're we're doing a whole bunch of improv, and I and I let loose a barrage, (laughs) and I can't remember. And he goes, he goes, okay, say that, say that again when we when we roll. And I went, what I say? Yeah, I did. (laughs) You know, but I have to say, I was like, all right, go to hair and makeup. You're done. You know, having (laughs) watched Lisa's career and seen, I'd say at least seventy five percent of everything you've done. Does your audience have any idea who you're talking about right now? I'm not saying like I'm in the third person. I'm just like they don't know. Nobody knows my name. People know who Lisa and people Ann call Walter out is. my name like in Chicago. Lisa and Walter. I turn around and go, "Did we go to high school together?" Like I have no idea. Well, also in the car ride up here, I told Lisa I was just on YouTube watching her episode of the weakest uh, the weakest link that she was on, I did yeah. win. and she won. And she won for her charity, and it's a, it's on YouTube. You should Google Lisa and Walter weakest link. It's and, awesome because I slapped when we were, when we were in top Dakota, hand. girls were running up. To her, they knew who she was. They from knew the, her as, from the parent as Chessie. Yes, yes. You know, it's very, it's a it is an unbelievable honor and blessing to have done a movie that I joke to my friend Rosa all the time that um, she better recognize that I'm a Disney icon. Yes, you are. And I don't have like fins or or gills. I'm not the Little Mermaid. I'm louder, but I am a Disney icon. <laughs> yes, and. Uh, and and that's where they recognize me from mostly. Yeah. If it's a certain age group or if it's a parent, I can guess that that's usually what it is. Sometimes they sh- change it up and it's Shall We Dance or Bruce Almighty or something. But usually the parent trap, and I consider it a huge honor that they feel like, most of them feel like, oh, my God, I loved you from when I was a kid. When I felt down, I would put it on and I felt safer with you. And mm-hmm. they, some of them would say, say to me, yeah. I, I had wished you were my mom in front of their own mothers. And I'm like, look, let's dial it back. <laughs> I am a mother. Text that's me not later. cool. Like, I'm not the one who's, like, getting you a car when you have to drive. Well, and that's Power a, of movies. And I'm glad you mentioned <laughs> Shall We Dance because that is, that's another film that has a great – I love that movie. It has oh, a, such you. a great it's a, balance. It's a love movie. It is very much a love movie that has a great balance to it mm-hmm. and new ways of expressing love and relationships inclusionary, yeah. and inclusionary. Yeah. And, of course, you are hilarious. Thank you. In Thank the film. You. I was very proud she's of a, She's a strong force in that movie, too. You know yeah. what? It's I interesting. The, the yeah. little, I forgot, oh, is it Tucci? Or is it right? Stanley Tucci is yeah. my is my yeah. becomes my boyfriend, my dance partner, and you my boyfriend. You had him so scared for that. Movie. In, like, in like, life you know. too. <laughs> 
It was the wig. Huh? In in life too, yeah. I think I had them scared. We had some. I can't say what it is on your radio show because it's not proper. Oh, I've but, been dropping bombs all day. So, well, no, we have not. We have kept within FCC rules and regulations. Yeah. Me too. I hope me too because yeah. I'm trying not to be. Well, there's one that uh, Lisa would have thrown the shoe at you. So, so when Richard Gear, when Richard Gear would say to him, in, uh, they were he was teaching him how to dance in the bathroom. So. Richard's learning from Stanley, and Stanley says, invite the lady in. And then after that, while we were rolling, he would include a second half of that line that was so disgusting, and each one was worse than the one before. You've never seen it, but the last one involved... um, You know when you're going to punch something, somebody, what do you make? A... F-S. Okay. So at the end of the... Sort of towards the end of the movie, I was making little uh, samplers. Like, uh, you know how you make a gift for somebody on a movie? I was embroidering a sampler, and I embroidered that phrase onto a little pillow that I gave to him, invite the lady in, and the rest of it. And he just thought it was the funniest thing ever. But it's funny because in that movie... I also have a scene where I have to be horrible to a very sweet, lovely man. Yes, you do. And scream at him. And it's not easy for me, weirdly. I People might think it's easy for me to be no, a bitchy you're a nice character, person. but I think I like to think I am. She's very sweet. Very She's nice. Very sweet. She's but awesome. Was, I, I, thank yeah, you. I love being a Michael, you've seen me be a total B word. You know it. <laughs> we've all we, we've all had you know our what? we've all had that's, that. That's because we're like family. We've become we like, like family, family on this festival tour. And family, you see all sides of each other. That's right. You know, yeah. love that's each just, other. That's anyway. part of reality. We're all we're all dimensional people. That's again back to the Ben's day. It's like being dimensional. Yep. We're not this one sided you know issue. Things aren't as clear as people like yep. to think they are. And and, and, and it's true though. We have become family between the different um, festivals we've gone to, and like Joe and Michael and I did a big road warrior trip, like. Mm-hmm. All the way up to Santa Cruz, and and came back the same night. Eleven hours round trip. Oh, it was a little nutty. fourteen people in the audience, yeah. but you know what? We were there. <laughs> and you know what? I'm, I'm, we were there. I am so thrilled that I got brought in to the whole Dependence Day train at Early. the ver- at the very beginning. You're a believer. Michael will tell you. We consider you. Fa- you're at, like a cousin. At, at the very beginning, I you know Michael was on the show. I was reviewing the film. It was. Yeah, I think you were our first review. I was the first really? review, and we loved that review. We it was were very exciting so for, for me. It was a very exciting review. I mean, obviously, I, I understand. You know, you know Lisa, her love for Lisa, but for me to be included in that review is was very heartwarming. So thank you for you know getting oh, us going. And now, now we're getting sig- I'm getting signals from Brian that Michael, we have to let you go. Yes, you guys have a great time, and, and, and uh, thank you for letting us tell that. And you know, this week. We're yes, so and don't that. worry, we will we will plug that after after we talk to Don Coscarelli. Oh, I mean, good God, look at look at what you the get. The legend, the creator, the icon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but I think that's an important story to tell because you've got Don, who started a long time ago, and just years. being an animal and making his dream happen. And Michael's at the beginning of his making mm-hmm. his making dream his, happen and and doing it. I also say on his own. I mean, you guys all work together, but that's, I think, a great lesson for people who want to very tell their story. Hey, Mike, uh, safe travels back from Hawaii, buddy. Thanks, man. Can't wait to be back in L.A. See you guys later. Bye, yeah, Michael. Mahalo. Thank you. And that was the fabulous writer, director, cinematographer, editor, and producer, Michael David Lynch. Dependence Day is in theaters on the 7th at the Lemley NoHo in Los Angeles. 
Right. Actually, in North Hollywood, in the Arts District. It's a nice theater. It's a great theater. I was there uh, the other night. Great theater. We great Q&A by your friend on yep. the uh, Friday show. The, the Friday show. Well. Uh, we're going to have a great Q&A for, for our 740 screening. Dan, actor Dan Bacadal, who's been in Veep and is on the show Life in Pieces. Veep, he's the horrible, mean congressman. It's one of the funniest characters I've ever seen on television. He's a great actor, great friend. He's also, he's also in uh, Four Dogs that you saw with Oliver. Oh, that's he's right. And then we've got Stephen Tobolowsky doing Saturday, Saturday night. night. And we have an after party at the Federal Bar across the street both nights. So please come out, support. It's super fun. And of course, right now, Brian, do we have Don... We have Don Coscarelli. Right. Hello, Don. Hi, Debbie. How are you today? Fine. I've already. I was already raving. You're here. You've got Lisa and Walter here today. Joe Burke is here Hello. also. Hi, Don. With with their Hi. their film coming up. Um, in you've got your films coming up. And as I was telling Lisa earlier before we went on air, it's like for me, it's a real thrill to have you on the show. Considering we go all the way back to Beastmaster, and my paychecks didn't bounce. <laughs> she did say that. <laughs> Oh, I had nothing to do with that. So, well, uh, that, uh, it was a cra- it was a crazy movie, and it's amazing that uh, so many people ended up seeing it. Uh, and it's and it's lucky that you didn't get mauled by any animals. Well, <laughs> I was more worried about some of, some of the other the two footed animals on that <laughs> on that I guess shoot. There were a few of those, but we're here. I'm so thrilled to have you here to talk about. This this amazing franchise, Phantasm, we have Phantasm remastered now, you know, in large part due to J.J. Abrams, and then Phantasm Ravager, where we all get to say goodbye to Angus Scrim with a very loving, loving tribute. He, he was a great actor and a, and a, and a great friend, and his, uh, he will be missed. But uh, it's wonderful that uh, the, this final Phantasm, Phantasm Ravager, uh, stand, stands as a tribute to him. He, he's wonderful in the film, and it, it, it is his final on-screen performance, yeah. unfortunately. And as you and I talked about, you know, I had the pleasure of doing a Q&A with Angus back in October at the Arclight with Larry Fessenden and Ron Perlman. And Angus and I sat before the film for about an, over an hour, and he just went on and on about Ravager and his love for the character of the tall man and his love for you, Don. And so... And to see him, well, well, he was an unlikely star. You know, he never thought that he would uh, end up making his name as a uh, a horror movie icon. No. Something that he happened into, or I guess I thrust it upon him by putting him into that role. But uh, you know, he was so good in the original picture and made the film such a success. And his power and his you know, there, there's a uh, just a, a generation of kids were terrified by him. And uh, as I had once mentioned, it's just crazy. I used to go to the conventions, and people would want to meet him and kiss him and hug him. It's so funny <laughs> because I don't know why exactly, but but they 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 just loved Angus. You know, now what is how do you explain this 40 year love of this franchise? The Phantasm fan base, spelled properly, of course, with the P-H-A-N. Um, uh-huh. the, the, <laughs> I had to do that. Um, the fan base, is it's rabid. It is devoted. They have come along on this ride, even with the one minor little glitch when the studio, you know, interfered. Um, but what, what is the explanation for the love of this franchise, which is the only franchise that has not been rebooted and everything has been an original concept, all five films. 
Well, I, I certainly think that the original movie was uh, different and unexpected in many ways because it, it, it mixed not just horror but science fiction and fantasy. Uh, it had a dreamlike quality. And, uh, you know, the one thing that I, I know and I'm satisfied that we did is the movie did provide shocks and scares. So that was the great tagline at the time they came up one came up with, which was, if this one doesn't scare you, you're already dead, and uh, <laughs> challenge the audiences, and, and I guess really awesome. it. And so that's why uh, it's, uh, it stayed on. I think it also has something to do with the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you know, a challenging movie like that, and certainly something one that scared you, uh, if it was, you know, if it was the first one that ever did that, it, it sticks with you. It's like a first crush. It's something that you remember and you want to share, and so... Uh, Fans have been so kind through the years, and then the you know subsequent uh, films, and of course you know the cast was so magnetic, and with Angus at the heart, it just uh, you know got us all the way to the new Phantasm Ravager, and uh, uh, fans I think are finally looking for a little closure, which they 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 will get. You know, and it's funny, Lisa was saying this just as as you know you were coming on, is that because the film that they are here talking about, Dependence Day. Michael David Lynch, the writer, director, producer, cinematographer, very much in the same position that you were in 40 years ago when you started Phantasm. You're doing everything yourself. And you have dedicated yourself. You've kept your vision alive. You have kept your philosophy, be it in the Phantasm franchise, be it with Bubba Hotep, be it with John Dies at the end, you know, Beastmaster. Your vision is your vision, and you always see it through. And you have maintained this for you know, 40-some years now. And, you know, I love that now we have a new generation of filmmakers coming up that hopefully are following in the footsteps that you have carved out. I mean... Well, let's not get too far out there, Debbie, but thank you for the kind words. Uh, What what I would tell you, though, and and as I'm certainly... uh, Lisa and Michael can attest is the... uh, You know, while... It's a great time to make films technically mm-hmm. because the the desktop tools and, and <laughs> cameras are so good and so easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in terms of getting your movie out to an audience is just such a challenge now. And, and making a making a dollar on it's even more difficult without the you know the strength of the DVD and Blu-ray market anymore. So. Uh, you know, you got to be out there, and you got to be able to sell your movie, which is I see as like-minded filmmakers there uh, out talking to you. Also, uh, it's really there's um, a lot of promotion goes into success of independent films. And well, I, this is Lisa. Hi, Don. But I just <laughs> want to say I made the same point about you know everybody almost with an iPhone and Final Cut Pro can do some version of storytelling, and obviously you can you know, bump it up with the, the pyrotechnics and, and it seems like some of the genre and there are rabid fans of the horror genre, yeah. but it, it's only that they go for the shock kill or whatever the most disgusting thing is. And they forget that there's story and character that links it together. That makes people want to stick with a franchise like phantasm for 40 years. So I think that is a yeah. testament to you having the integrity of the story, and maybe that's because of the control a little bit. And then mm-hmm. obviously you need the help for well, to get Lisa, P&A. Thank you, thank you for saying that. That's so kind. Um, you know, it makes me think, and I don't want to date myself here, but, you know, you know, the, the era when I was coming up, you know, in the 
late seventies, you know, the, uh, the popular movies were were very challenging character stories, mm-hmm. like the the last picture shows and the five easy pieces and things like that. Those are the films I was seeing, and and so I think when I made Phantasm, I might be might have been. Re- being more uh, Referring, referential yeah. to those right. than I damaged to, hero you know, trying yeah. to t- trying to make something you know like a you know a harder a tougher version of the Exorcist which might be tough actually now that I think about it but uh, <laughs> um, yeah that's a that's a good point and I and I think that's a that's a, a, a that's a wrong turn that some filmmakers take uh, you know just you know just because the tools are out there it doesn't mean that the movies that's... are going to be good. But I, I do believe that you know everybody's got a good story in them if they can just figure it out and, and work it out. And I, and I you know you go to the festivals, you see a lot of really interesting movies that, that people putting out. But I will also tell you, meeting a lot of very energetic, inspiring filmmakers who haven't quite developed their craft yet, and so I you know there's a lot of junk out there too. <laughs> well, what we used to call it, what we used to call it back when I was you know like creating TV shows, I still call it this is Jimming. When there's a bunch of guys that sit around and go, well, Jim, what do you think? You, you think we ought to like super like that? Well, Jim, I don't know. I think we're going to go fast forward on that piece. And it's just a bunch of guys going, you know, hey, how do we tech this up? But again, it starts with story and, and yeah. character. Well, and something yeah. now, because not only do we have Phantasm Ravager, but we have Phantasm Remastered, the original, that now, thanks to technology, you've got this beautiful 4K, this remastering. How ex- now? I've seen it, and of course, I have the original VHS. Um, do you so, have a machine? I do. I have four. So <laughs> hang on to that. Those things are getting valuable now. People are collecting the VHS. Front, I even have, and I even have top loading. I even have belts and things. I have top loading, front loading. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Look, I'm a television oh. engineer's daughter. What do we expect? Okay. <laughs> but. But I've seen the difference between looking at that original VHS and now looking at this new remastered version. How exciting is it for you to now have the technology that allowed for this remastering of the original? Oh, it's so incredible because um, uh, I'm sure, as Lisa and Michael will tell you, as filmmakers, I mean most filmmakers, when when we watch our movies, all we see are the flaws. It's mm. terrible. It's hard to enjoy the film because you're going, oh, why did I make that choice? Well, the camera wasn't quite right there. <laughs> and when you have a movie that's got got some technical challenges, uh, to get the ability to go in there, and you know, all I can say is thank God for J.J. Abrams, such a nice guy, and he had been a Phantasm fan when he was in his youth, and. Uh, I had gotten to know him, and he, he wanted to just wanted to simply wanted to show Phantasm over at his bad robot company, and all I could offer him was this crummy old thirty five millimeter print and a uh, <laughs> DVD standard def. And he said, "You know, he couldn't believe we didn't have HD masters or materials yet." And so uh, he just decided to fix that, and uh, we had access to some of their systems, and it was some of their uh, crew over there. And the good news was that we had shot the original film on film in 35 and had kept the negative properly stored in the right temperature. So it was really in good shape. So the original camera negative got scanned. But not to get too technical, but the great part was to go through. And back, you know, when I made that first Phantasm, and it worked and it had impact and all that, but, boy, some of those effects, you know, this was pre-any computer visual effects. So we were doing a lot of stuff with <laughs> tape and 
and paper clips and a lot of fishing line to fly those spears around. Sure. So I was able to go back and erase all the fishing line, and it was fantastic because I can look at the scenes now and not cringe. <laughs> <laughs> but what? But what has also been accomplished with that remastering? Then you look at it. You look at Ravager right after that. The bookends of the franchise, and it's even with the new technology for Ravager, which was not shot on film. The remastering and Ravager, it is so cohesive, visually cohesive. You have not sacrificed the grain or the feel of the original. Well, that's so nice of you to say. Well, you know, we really made made an effort to make that work. You know, but a lot of it had to do with the, you know, let, let's just face it. This is a one-off, really crazy situation from Phantasm because, you know, I'm sorry, but I read all the, hey, the movie was great, but I saw the, publicity about Richard Linklater's film, and it was, you know, 12 years over boyhood that they shot that. We've been making these Phantasm movies for 35 years now with the same actors, and it's it's, it's so cool, actually, that they all of them survived and still had their skills, and we were able to wrap the thing up. It makes for a, an amazing watching to sit down and watch mm-hmm. all of them in a row. It's just crazy. And you know, that's the next thing I have to do. Having watched Remastered and watched Ravager, now I want to go watch all of them consecutively. Well, Debbie, <laughs> you're a loyal uh, friend and uh, uh, crew member, so uh, I wouldn't expect anything less. Thanks for offering to do that. I'm going to so do cool. it too, Don. I'm, I, and, oh, nice. And, okay. Well, because well, I have to I, full... I, Go ahead. Let me just give let me just give my shameless plug now. All all five movies will be available on iTunes and video on demand on uh, Tuesday, uh, October fourth. That's so, tomorrow. Perfect. Yes. And then, and we're actually uh, putting Phantasm Ravager is opening in theaters too, which they're doing now in, in L.A. here at the Lumley Fine Arts on Friday. Yep. And I'll be I'll be down there. So if anybody wants to come and. Say hi. It'd be great. Where's the Lemley Fine Arts, Don? It's on Wilshire that's, Boulevard. That's on Wilshire. Um, it's down the kind of eastern, it's down the street uh, from Hills, kind of. Yeah, it's not the it's not the music border. hall. It's down the street. It's, okay. it's the old one that was abandoned for so many oh, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that isn't that perfect? But they they have rehabilitated. It's quite they, beautiful. It now. was empty for like so the remastered long. Phantasm. Yeah. Oh, very yeah, good, there Lisa. You go. <laughs> yeah. No, I it is I am just so so thrilled. But now I have to ask you, what is this rumor about Bubba Bubba Hotep Nosferatu? Well, listen, thanks for setting me up with a softball pitch there. Uh, <laughs> coincidentally, uh I think on November 10th, um Shout Factory, which does some great uh movies is uh re-releasing a uh or as putting out, finally putting out uh, my film Bubba Hotep on Blu-ray. About which time, is, uh, which is exciting, and, it, and, and it's in high def and it looks great. That one it starred Bruce Campbell, the great Bruce Campbell yep. horror star, and the great Ossie Davis. You know who was a uh, a legend. The guy was a social activist, an author, and an actor, and uh, amazing to have him in our little horror movie about Elvis and a four thousand year old mummy. And he he actually played. Uh, President John F. Kennedy died black. It's uh, just a crazy, uh, <laughs> crazy concept. So at any rate, that one's coming out on Blu-ray soon. Uh, but as far as the sequel, the sequel is still 
on hold. We were never able to quite get the uh, circumstances right. You know, uh, Bruce Campbell's tied up for the near term on his new TV series. Well, so, Bruce Campbell's uh, always tied up anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, the man is working all the time. Sort of. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's true. But thanks for bringing that up. I'm, I'm very proud of that movie. Oh, well, Don, I can't thank you enough for calling in today. And David Hartman is going to call it. We're going to have David next week. Oh, fantastic. Well, he's the director of Phantasm Ravager, and he's done an excellent yes. job. And, and the cool thing, just a little uh, a pitch for David, is he really is a Renaissance man. I mean, he's uh, mm-hmm. not only has he directed a horror film like Phantasm Ravager, but he was the creative mastermind behind the, the Transformers Prime cartoon show because he's a, a Emmy-nominated uh, animator and uh, And Winnie the Pooh. Don't, that's right. Don't Tigger forget Winnie the Pooh. Tigger and friends at Disney, so he does it all. <laughs> that's great. Don, thank you so, so, so much. Hey, thank you. And uh, let's do a Beastmaster Hour someday. Oh, absolutely. Get get Mark Singer and Tanya Roberts lined up. Okay, that may- would be fun. Well, I'll see what I... Well, Mark, I don't think we'd have a problem with. Um, but, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> Let me put the wheels in motion. Okay, I'm ready whenever you are. So, oh, thanks again, Debbie. Really appreciate thanks, the support. Thanks, Don, so and Lisa, much. Michael, best of luck with your picture. I'm going to go seek it out and watch it. Got to support independent film, everyone. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We Thank appreciate you. it, Bye-bye. Don. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was... Oh, Brian. Brian's playing with the... Yeah, he has. Brian has to get up and disconnect the phone. And that was the fabulous Don Coscarelli. We're going to take a quick short break. And be right back, aren't we? No, we're not. No, we're not. Brian says we're not. The, we're going to take no break. We're going to take and end no. the show. No, we're taking a short break, Brian. Hang on, my computer fell asleep. Your computer fell asleep. What? Well, then I guess we're not taking a break. Oh, now we can take a break. We're going to push through this. Yeah. Now we can take a break. Oh, now we can take a break, and we'll be right back. Friends and film lovers, Vidiots has launched its first Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign. That's right, Vidiots, the one-of-a-kind video store experience located in Santa Monica, California, wants you. The campaign continues through October 19th, and backers will support Vidiots' upcoming film preservation, education, and community initiatives. Donors will have the opportunity to snag exclusive perks like a filmmaker spotlight, curating their own in-store recommendations rack, hosting their own screening in Vidiots' 48-seat micro-cinema, or even taking over Vidiots for a cinematic in-store sleepover party. Go to igg.me backslash at backslash Vidiots and get involved today. Vidiots is a recognized 501c3 nonprofit corporation. Get involved and get going to Vidiots. And welcome back to Behind the Lens. I'm Debbie Elias, film critic and creator and host of Behind the Lens. You can find my interviews and reviews, 146 print and online outlets around the globe. And every Monday right here, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Adrenaline Radio. And I'm thrilled to have here today Lisa Ann Walter and Joe Burke. Hello. Thank you. For Dependence Day. It's been fun. I mean, we've just been jamming through here. We had... Writer, director Michael David Lynch, the the force behind Dependence Day, and we just had Don Coscarelli, mm. the Godfather and Guru of Phantasm franchise, with us. And now, because we only have a few minutes left, we're going to rush Brian through because we the one week we didn't do the Star Wars countdown, we got 
some nasty social media. No, people, people are, you know, they're they rabid. They're, they're rabid. They're fans. rabid. All right, Brian. Mr. Jar Jar Binks, you are listening to Behind the Lens. Thank you, Jar Jar Binks. Uh, again, I, I think this segment would work a lot better if we had music behind it. It's so we're just my voice. Yeah, we're working on it. Cause da, 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 Thank you. There you go. Keep it like that. Oh well, if you're humming a song from, or he's not. He's not. He made that up. He made okay. that I just up. Wrote that. That cannot be. That cannot be good for you. Yeah. No, I love it though. Okay, I'll do it for you. You want? Okay. All right. Rogue One, the Star Wars story. It comes out in seventeen, uh, seventy-three days, twelve hours, three minutes, and eleven seconds to go, guys. Merchandise has hit the the shelves for this one. Did you see? I tagged you in a post. Where I saw. Nissan finally uh, announced yeah, that they're releasing on. a car. No, it's fine. You can stop. You. <laughs> There you go. I'll go with you. John Williams just showed up. <laughs> and, then, and he wants my autograph. Finding both of you. <laughs> Bob Iger is texting me now. Yeah, yeah Bob. I've known him for years. I did I did the Macarena, Macarena with Bob Iger. That's my, my Bob Iger I've known story. Bob Iger since the 1970s. Was he that handsome then? He was always that handsome and always smelled really good. I'm, I'm, I concur. He worked with my daddy. Yeah. Well, let's move along. Yes, we'll move along. We've been fangirling about Bob Iger. And Star Wars Episode Eight comes out in 437 days. And that's your Star Wars. How many days again for Rogue One? No, uh, Rogue One is 73 days. That's soon. That's coming out. Well, it's it's enough time for me to go watch Episode 7. We're going to have a new new president uh, pretty much. Let's just let's just walk away from that discussion. Please, please, walk away. we cannot, we cannot. <sighs> Figured I'd drop that with the last with one minute left. <laughs> no, no, we we cannot. We, cannot. We must. We must. Can't. We we must. Can't, can't with that. But so <laughs> yes, and now we have stone cold. Si- <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back. But no, we have we have. <laughs> oh God! We have we have two minutes left yes. to, to say more about Dependence Day. Yes, we just wanted to uh, say let the dates know. again. It's uh, coming again. out this Friday, October seventh, at Lamley's NoHo Seven in North Hollywood, California. Uh, we have five show times a day all week long, starting October seventh. Um, you can visit dependenceday.com for all that information, buy tickets, or you can just literally Google Dependence Day in Google, and all the show times will and pop you up. And you can buy these lovely shirts and on the website. Dependenceday.com, buy the lovely shirts, and the big date that we're uh, for everyone across the nation october 18th we're going to be on vod all vod across the country itunes amazon online tv vod everywhere uh, get to see what i do with the show you yes. can see what's with the shoe you can go on itunes right now and pre-order it so you can watch it right when it comes out if you want but it's super funny and we're so excited it's been a long time Tom, what's coming the, what's the number one reason people should watch this movie joe burke besides joe burke uh, besides me, I guess Lisa and Walter. No, don't include me. Honestly, there, here's here's the reason. I, I there's it's so funny, it's so heartfelt, it's so fresh, and uh, honestly, I, I haven't seen a movie this grounded and funny and hilarious and has everything that you want in a good movie in a long time. And I know I'm biased, but I'm serious when I say that. It's we, we put a lot of time and passion into this one. I would say this: there are two extremely unexpected sex scenes <laughs> that will rock your world. That's even better, and jaw drop you. And a discussion of, in a poker game with a group of men with a bomb thrown into it by the girlfriend. You'll see. You'll that see. is oh my you God. and your friends will talk about for a month. Lord That's help us. That's what I would say. 
Okay, well, Brian is now giving us oh, two music cues to sign off. So that is all the time we have for today. Thank you to Joe. Thank you Thank so much, Debbie. Thank you to Lisa Ann Walter. Thank you Thank for you having to Don. us, Debbie. Thank you to Michael. Next week, Quincy Rose is back with us oh, talking great. about Friends great. F and Friends F and Friends. Excellent. Uh, yeah. David Hartman will be back, will be with us talking about Phantasm Ravager and the filmmakers of Kids in Love. Until then, I'm Debbie Elias. This is Behind the Lens. Thank <laughs> you.